dressed like this. But yeah. for today, while the sun is out, yes. Let's bring in Alex Doherty. Covers the Predators for A to Z. Sportsy now joins us. Alex, what's up? Not much. I, I would say that it feels like playoff hockey weather, but I don't know that that's <laughs> really what it feels like. <laughs> wow. All right, well, let's jump in the deep end of the pool right away. So... <laughs> Uh, let's start with, by the way, the debacle on Sunday. How about, uh, a lot of people not even being able to watch the game because of Xfinity and Bally. You, I mean, luckily the app was working, but if you were just looking for the traditional way of turning on your television and watching the game, it wasn't happening. Yeah. I, I don't know if, if, if you guys are, are, are ready for, it's not just you guys, but if everyone is, is ready for maybe what's about to happen with, with the, uh, the old regional sports networks, but things do not look good. And that was not a good start. I, I have no idea if it's related to the, to the rumors around the regional sports networks, but well, social media I mean, certainly related it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It certainly sounded like it. So, I mean, and, and then now we're hearing that there was some sort of emergency meeting with uh, Gary Bettman and the, 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 all the teams about what are they going to do about this? Because uh, there's going to be a lot of teams that are like, where's our money? Yep. And uh, also a lot of teams that don't really have te- televised games anymore uh, unless the league does something. So it's uh it's not a pretty situation right now. No, it is not. Uh, and unfortunately it wasn't a pretty situation in Minnesota just after things looked good with a game time goal. Um, they Minnesota turns right around in less than 30 seconds left in the game, scores the game winner from none other than former Predator Ryan Hartman. That was a gut-wrenching loss where you come away in a huge game against a team you're trying to climb over for a playoff spot in your division and came away with no points. This is the danger with what uh, with the way that the National Predators have done everything this season. I mean, they have they have put so much emphasis on well, we just need to get this these two points against Minnesota, and then we'll be we'll be fine. Well, then when what happens when you just a random lucky bounce in front goes off of Ryan McDonough and then off of Ryan Hartman and then in the net with 20 seconds left, you can't just walk away and say, well, we're we're still sitting pretty in the standings. Uh, so it's okay that this unlucky bounce because I, you know, at times I think that they they looked okay. There, there were there were times where they certainly looked as bad as they have all year. But then, you know, you really liked the way they fought back in the third period, and they, they seemed to have a lot of energy, you know, kind of throughout. It just couldn't really get anything on Minnesota early. And but then, you know, that's that's how hockey goes. You get these unlucky bounces, and they they are not a team that can just roll with unlucky bounces at this point. And it's because they've just thrown away points, you know, for much of the year. Um, I mean, in my opinion, after this past week, and really post All Star season or post All Star break, they're two and four. I mean, they had six games since the All Star break. They're two and four. That tells you what you need to know. They're 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 not in it. They're 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 just not in it. I mean, lucky bounces or no, they do not belong in the playoff uh, conversation. They really need to start selling and, and having conversations about even what are they going to do in the off season. But yeah, I mean, Minnesota game was was an unlucky finish, really heartbreaking. But that's what you've done to yourself. I mean, they 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 kind of got what they deserve. And what's crazy is you're literally on the heels of 24 hours prior. Yeah, you mopped Florida here 
I mean, just mopped them with your season high in goals uh, for a game. Uh, everything was fun and great, and 24 hours later, it's, you know, disappointing and sad and disheartening to lose like that just 24 hours later after being really high, after, you know, mm-hmm. a nice rebound after the Boston game. It was a nice rebound. I mean, that was that was their season high in goals, seven goals, the high, most goals they've scored in a game this year. That first period, it was three to two after the end of the first period, and then they just poured it on. I mean, I you know, how good is Florida? Not, I would say not very. I mean, they have they're in a, a pretty tough division themselves, and 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 they've got some goaltending issues, but. But Florida is better than, you know, certainly better than Arizona, and, and they're probably better than a lot of the teams that they have coming up this week, like Vancouver tonight. And, yeah, they, they, they swept them. I mean, it was just like it was kind of a no contest at the end. And, and uh, that, that has been the story all year. They, they've won one, lost one, won two, lost two, won three, lost three. It's just it's been a 500 kind of year, and, and they just they need to just concede, fold this season, and, and move on to selling. I mean, I, I, that's, I think that's the general consensus. I, I don't know if they feel that way, but, but it certainly needs to be in that direction. Yeah, and one of their division foes already waved the white flag, right? We already know that the Blues, and they just put the exclamation point on it by trading away, you know, O'Reilly so, to Toronto. So that yeah. was it. I mean, St. Louis is like, we're, we're rebooting, resetting, rebuilding, whatever they want to call it. Um, but they waved yeah, they, the white flag. I think that I think uh, St. Louis was fortunate to be in a little different situation because those guys were unrestricted free agents. They were expiring contracts. It was a little easier to move them, you know. But but yeah, so St. Louis had a little bit more of a bargaining uh, position to do that. So that's why they they got what they did out of Tarasenko and O'Reilly and Ochari and all that. Um, Nashville does not have that luxury. They are up against it from all fronts, from a salary cap front, from a uh, no no other teams in the league can really take on a salary like say even Mikhail Granlund at five million. There's a lot of contending teams that might like him, but they can't take it on. I mean, there's there's 16 teams that are already using long-term IR space right now. They don't have the luxury of being able to trade to trade to dump cap at the at the trade deadline to to hope a team can, can save them from it. So they, they've got so much work to do and a lot of puzzles to figure out with what they've done for their roster. They have five games remaining until the trade deadline. And we talked about this last week, but now some more games have transpired, and I'm trying to figure out – and here's what's, to me, disappointing about this season. And you may disagree, but here goes. When I look around the Western Conference, I don't think the Western Conference is overly – um, it's not exactly a murderer's row. To me, it, it's kind of soft. If you're just asking me to compare conferences, I think the East is way better than the West this year. So that's disappointing, right? The West, I think, is pretty wide open. They, there's nobody. Yeah, Vegas is good. I mean, they, there's some good teams. I don't think there's any great teams. They, there's nobody even close to what Colorado was last year, yeah. right, in this conference. Now, Boston is on the other side. And there's a lot of other really good teams on the other side, but that's what's disheartening is the West, I think, is wide open, and yet here we are talking about a team that no one can see other anything other than probably 
being sellers at the deadline. I don't even think they're going to stand pat unless David Poyle literally can't move anybody because of what you were talking about, and everybody's just insulting him you know, with trade offers. But it seems like a team that's going to be selling at the deadline, and that that to me is what's disappointing because I think this is truly one of those years if you get in, anything could happen. I know we're talking about a team that's been inconsistent all year, but man, it's disappointing because I think this Western Conference is weak and average. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree with you. And if there was a, a year for Nashville to be in that third spot where they could play Winnipeg in the first round, I actually think they could probably – they have, would have a significant chance of beating Winnipeg. They, they beat Winnipeg earlier this year, and, and it would be a tough match, but they cer- it certainly wouldn't be anything like the first round against Colorado last year. Colorado's had a ton of injury issues. They're not the same team from last year, obviously, with different goalie and Dawson Kadri's not there. Dallas is probably the strongest team in the in the West, and there's like six teams in the East that have more points than them, yeah. and and a lot of teams with a, a much higher goal differential. I mean, like they're just they're they're not the they're not the top team in the league. I mean, they're good. Dallas is very good, but uh, yeah, there's there, there's so much there would be so much opportunity for Nashville if they didn't completely just blow it this year. I mean, like they, getting better in the off season on paper is not good enough. They just they just did not have everyone going at the same rate all year long and yeah now they're going to be sellers in one of the weaker western conference performances of of recent history i know david poyle has been on record in the last couple weeks for saying you know basically you know he's going to do his due diligence and kind of just track this team you know week to week game to game and that'll determine what he does but let me ask you this question does it really matter what this team does in the next five games before the trade deadline? Could that actually hinge one way or the other on his thought process? I mean, I don't know. What do you think? I, I think performances might, but not not results. I think if if uh, if Dante Fabro goes and has a few good games, his his value goes up a tad. Then maybe that he's a little bit easier to sell to somebody. Maybe the same thing with Mikhail Granlund. I, but but no, the results do do not matter at this point. Um, th- this is it, it, it is a lost cause. There there are 28 games left. I know there's five games until the the deadline, but mm-hmm. but a- after there's 23 games, right after the yep. after the deadline, yep. 28 games left. In order to get to a reasonable playoff position, they got to win 20 games, Ni- 19 at least. I mean, I don't think anyone thinks they're going to go 20 and eight the rest of the way. You'd have to have multiple winning streaks probably a good six, seven, eight-game winning streak in there to do that. No one no one thinks they're going to go on an eight-game winning streak right now. So what would you do? What's realistic? What do you think is realistic? I know we talked about this a little bit last week. I think we differed a little bit. You threw out Niederreiter, and I, I was more – I'm still just more in the camp of, look, there's a lot of names on this roster that have been here for a good while. In other words – we know what they are, and I don't even, I don't even think people should be mad. Like you, you know what they are. So to me, it's they're just doing what they are, what we've seen over them. So to me, if that's not working, that's where I would try to start. Just this is just my personal opinion. I would try to, if you were moving, if you were going to be a seller, I would probably move some bodies that have been here for a while, and the results haven't changed. So you might as well start there rather than people that have been here just had a couple you know 
McDonough, McDonough, Niederreiter. Um, I know even Tanner Janot is out there being tossed around up in New York with the Rangers. But, I mean, he hasn't been here too terribly long. That's just me. What say you? Uh, I, I So things have changed. Um, uh, in my opinion, has changed a little bit over the last week. Not only because of the, the trade that St. Louis made to, to Toronto, but because I, I did a little bit more diving into the, the cap situation with these other teams because, you know, obviously you've got to have a trade partner. And I just – I don't see anyone that could, could be a viable trade deadline partner for any contract that, that, is, that is a large contract. Fabro is the only one I could see because he's, he's cheaper. You could probably get a little bit of a, of a cap back the other way, and then he's still an RFA that they could sign. So I think that would be the only one. But even, if, if, even considering that, I mean, the, the teams that might be interested in him, Edmonton, Toronto, maybe – uh, maybe a Carolina or maybe even you know Washington. No, those teams don't have any room. They 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 can't really take him on unless you work something the other way. So they certainly can't take even a Niederreiter at four million or a Macau Granlund or definitely not a Johansson. So like I I I my opinion has changed because I I started realizing there's no room for these guys. They can't go anywhere. Where, where are they going to go at the deadline? I think these are going to be off-season moves. I think you're going to have to wait until the season is over to see uh, you know, where teams fall and, and figure out, okay, can we package something with a Johansson to send to somebody to, to shed his contract? Can we package someone with Granlund? Can we work a trade and send someone, a Matias Ekholm, and another big contract for, for some draft picks? You know, I think it's going to have to be an off-season trade at this point. Wanted to ask you about uh, the 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 tweets you've been putting out about Tomasino, and we've heard about this over and over and over and over about why Tomasino is still in Milwaukee. Why won't he come down here? Now he's going back to Milwaukee. What is the deal? What is the saga with all of that? Like, why is this? What is happening? Justin, I'm not really sure. I I, I gotta be honest. <laughs> there. There's been there's been some weird stuff going on. I, uh, there's a there's a really reliable uh, website called Cap Friendly that I've used for almost everything related to NHL contract stuff. That said last night that Philip Tomasino was was sent down to Milwaukee. Now they're rarely wrong about this stuff, but then today there was no transaction from Nashville showing that. So I guess he's still up. I I, it, I guess it was a mistake on Cap Friendly's side. That that honestly is very rare for them, but. Um, I guess it was a mistake. So he's still up. Uh, but the, just just to back up a little bit, Philip Tomasino only really came up because of the Forsberg injury. So when Forsberg goes down, they needed a top six type player, so they went with Tomasino. I think when they when people saw Tomasino was going to come up last night, they assumed, oh, well, maybe that means Forsberg is back. Well, neither Forsberg is back nor is Tomasino gone. So I think Tomasino will be playing tonight. But it has been a very strange ride for Philip Tomasino over the last year. Um, no one expected him to start the year in Milwaukee, and then he did, and now he's basically been there all year. So it's strange. I, I don't really completely understand it, Justin. Yeah, I was going to say, the ride's been in Milwaukee for him. <laughs> it hasn't been a strange ride for him. It's been as an admiral. Um, so, you know, there's a, there's a radio legend out there. I'm not going to call his name, but he has something he calls the list. So here is the list of the teams who have scored less goals than the Nashville Predators. Uh, they would include the Montreal Canadiens, the Columbus Blue Jackets, the Anaheim Mighty Ducks, and the Chicago Blackhawks. That's it. That's the list. Um, everybody yeah. else has scored more 
than the Nashville Predators has. And I'm trying to figure out, in your opinion, Alex, why can't this team put the biscuit in the basket? I mean, what's what's going on here? So, I mean, I, look, John Hines' system from, from day one has been relying on – the forwards have to make it happen. Laviolette, when he was here, was kind of an all-hands-on-deck defenseman jump up into the attack all the time. But right now, unless it's Roman Yossi, it's only the forwards that are responsible for, for scoring, and they're just not having good years. Mikhail Granlund having probably the worst year of his career. Ryan Johansson stepped back from last year. Duchesne stepped back from last year. It has to do with shot quality, too. They're not getting to dangerous areas because teams know they don't have to worry about the defenseman pitching up. They can yeah. just crowd the net and, and not worry about where the, where the defensemen are. They can just worry about covering the, the forwards. So it's, there's a lot of factors, but it's just it's, it comes down to the forwards are not shooting well and they're not getting to the dangerous areas. Okay. So with all that said, you go into the offseason, and, and, and I asked Darren this question the other day, there's no question that this team has core players. Roman Yossi, uh, Phil Forsberg, uh, UC Soros. Uh, I would count them as the, as the three main core. Are those guys good enough to get you to the cup, to you know, lifting the cup and having the parade on Broadway that everybody wants to have? Or is it better off if they just try to find a new core at this point and try to rebuild that way because you, I mean you're you're only going to go one way or the other. Either you're going to build around those three, or you're going to have to find a new core. I think that those three are good enough to to continue being your core. The problem is the rest of your team is so bad, you're going to have to maybe sacrifice one of those in order to mm. improve improve elsewhere. Mm. And I think that I think the ultimate one that's going to be sacrificed and that's not really the right word but that's going to be traded probably to, to get that at some point will be UC Soros because they have a young goalie in, in, in Milwaukee that's going to be really good UC Soros is on a really cheap contract would get a huge return he's the guy that people think could could be a, a, a trade a trade possibility I definitely don't think it's going to happen this year and probably not even over the summer but he would be the only guy Yossi and Forsberg, I honestly really think, have not been the issue. Yossi has been as good as as, as good as he always. He's not having a hundred point season like last year, but but he's still been a, a huge part of the team. Forsberg has been their best offensive player consistently, um, but it, it's the rest of the team. It's the rest of the team that needs a huge upgrade, and you're, you might have to give up one of those three in order to improve the rest of it. Mark Jankowski was the move that they sent someone to Milwaukee. Maybe that was. Um what they were thinking and they just, you know, I don't know. Yeah. It's not Tomasino. He's still up. So he is still up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, we'll see how tonight goes. I mean, again, I just don't know what you're going to learn. I mean, could they, could they beat Vancouver tonight? Yeah. Could they win the next two road games? Yeah. Does that mean anything? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. There's, there are three very winnable games. So I, I just don't know what you learn. I don't know if anybody, if that, what that does, unfortunately, that's, that's kind of where this is at. Mm -hmm. You could win the next three games and I'm not sure everybody's like, okay, all right. Hmm. Because it's three teams you can easily beat. I mean, you you know, the the only thing that they might do is just not do anything. I mean, if they, if they decide, if they see, they win a few games and then figure out, okay, well, you know, we, we, there's a chance we could make it in, but maybe not. 
then they just don't do anything. And then, you know, if, if somehow a miracle happens and they win 15 games to end the season, uh, then all of a sudden they've got their full roster and they haven't traded anybody away and they're, they're ready to go. But, but, but again, what are they going to, they're going to climb up to third beat, you know, play Winnipeg, maybe beat them. And then, you know, lose in the second round. I don't think that would really do much either. So yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's a lost mm-hmm. cause. This season really is a lost cause. I hate to say that because I know there's a lot of fans out there that want to go to games and, uh, you know, I want to want to keep talking about the National Predators, but this year just just seems like we've got to we've got to throw in the towel. Appreciate the visit as always. Thanks for doing this. Of course, yeah. I hope hopefully that didn't just bum everybody out, but uh, you know that it is what it is. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it's. It's up to them to change the narrative, right? I mean, <laughs> ultimately, I mean, it's if not like want, people are looking some... for this feel, right? I mean, it's just you know you're just stating how a lot of people feel. Unfortunately, if you want some some positive, maybe just a, a something to give you hope, I did write a five step plan that I think could save the Nashville Predators. You can read about it a to z sports dot com. Go there. You can check my Twitter. I think that there is a way out of this. It's just going to take a while. So okay. Well, I've set plans of getting back to contention. We'll do a deep dive into that next week. I'm, I'm, I want to, yeah. okay. I want to read up on that. Right. Appreciate the visit. Okay. All right. Talk to you guys later. Alex Doherty covers the Preds for A to Z Sports. Appreciate him joining us.